Welcome to Chew on the Word. Good evening. Tonight, I'm going to share something called the fear of the Lord. This year has been a year where many of us faced numerous challenges. And one of the major things was that there was a fear of COVID-19. In fact, people would shun the malls, shun restaurants the moment they hear that someone has contacted COVID-19. In the midst of such predominant fears, God really taught me to really understand the fear of the Lord. So there are five things I want to share about the fear of the Lord today, something practical that has helped me even negotiate or go through this season of 2020. Now in Psalm 34, the fear of the Lord, we are told, is that the angels camp round of those that fear the Lord. And it says that they that fear the Lord lack no good thing. But what actually is the fear of the Lord? The first one that I would like to share is this. In Exodus chapter 20, you hear the story of Moses going up to the mountain, Mount Sinai, to receive the Ten Commandments. And even as he was up there, the children of Israel were standing at a distance. And it says in Exodus chapter 20, so turn with me to that incident. In Exodus chapter 20, it says, when, verse 18, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. So much so that they stayed at a distance and told Moses, Speak to us yourself, we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. In other words, the moment they saw God's presence, they, they never saw God, all right? It was just His presence, the mountains shook, there was fire, there was lightning. Actually, I don't know what happened then. But the people were seized with a tremendous awestruck fear of God. Now, if you look at Hebrews chapter 12, it gives you another perspective of this. So in Hebrews 12, it says that in verse 20, they could not bear when they saw what was happening. And they heard that if even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. And verse 21, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Even Moses said the sight was so powerful, so frightening, that he was trembling with fear. Now, what kind of fear is this? It's the fear of a God that is awesome. A God that we would, when we speak of the name of God, we do not treat him as something just like a buddy friend. Now, the reason why God is putting in my heart to share about the fear of the Lord is that for today's Christians, many of us do not see this aspect of God. This is something that we need to look at. Most of us today are used to calling God our Father, which is not wrong, but we have no fear of God. Now, the fear of God makes us wake up that God is a consuming fire. He is not to be treated lightly. He's not your buddy friend, much as God calls us His friends, but He's not your buddy. We cannot treat God in the same way. In fact, you know, Romans, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12, let's look further down. If you look at verse 28 and 29, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So what is the first thing I've come to understand about the fear of God? Is that God must be worshipped with fear and awe. We must stand in awe awe of Him, in reverence and in awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 
In fact, this is very important. In Jesus, when he was taught us to pray, he said to us, yes, call God Father. But he's not your Father on earth. He's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Wow. In other words, the fear of the Lord reminds me while God is my Father and He is my Heavenly Father, but God is in heaven and I am on earth. Therefore, He is to be hallowed the way the angels would hallow Him. In fact, Philippians says, At the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses, both in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So the first thing, the fear of the Lord affects me is the way I approach Him. When I come to Him in prayer, when I invoke His name, I should treat this as an awesome privilege. And that is why I began to realize that sometimes, let's say if we open a meeting in prayer, or even when we pray for our food, we can be quite careless. We can just say, oh, come, let's just pray. Oh Lord Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Amen. Actually, God spoke to me. You are invoking my name and my name has power. My name is what will shatter even the mountains. My name parts the Red Sea. So the first thing that the fear of the Lord does is to give us a high esteem of God, coming to Him with reverence and awe. But the second thing is what we have just read in Hebrews 12, worship Him with reverence and awe. Because God is God of the heavens above, because God is the one who rules over the whole universe, because God is the one that at His name, angels bow down, demons flee. So when we worship God, it needs to be with awe and reverence. You know, Isaiah chapter 6. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6, shall we? In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne. Now look at the Lord. This is the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. The train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphims, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts, the thresholds shook. The temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah says this in verse 5, Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined. From a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Whoa! This is the way we should worship the God in whom the whole universe bows down. His whole throne is filled with glory. And that is why the Lord really put in my heart, when there's no fear of God, and when we come to worship Him, we think it's all about us. So we quarrel over songs, we, we, we sing and we worship in postures that actually don't tell the world that our God is an almighty God whose train fills the temple. And when He speaks, the angels cover their faces and cry, holy, holy, holy. There's no special distinctiveness about our God. So the second thing that makes me want to do when I think about the fear of the Lord is that here we are coming before a God that even at the mention of His name, the angels just cry, holy, holy, holy. In fact, not even the mention, the sight of Him is glorious. And that is why 
when we speak about the fear of the Lord, it affects not just the way we pray, it affects the way we worship. The third thing, of course, about the fear of the Lord is it keeps us from sinning. So turn with me to Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has many things to talk about the fear of the Lord. So in chapter 3, all right, chapter 3, it says here, verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. In fact, the book of, the book of Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the wisdom that comes to us when we fear the Lord? Because we know God is not just an ordinary God, because we know God is the God of the whole universe, because we know that God is uh, highly exalted and he's, He is to be esteemed and revered, and what He says goes. Therefore, when you fear God, you also honour His ways. We begin to see God in a different light. We begin to realise God has wisdom that we don't have, that God's ways are higher than our ways. So it's, that is why when we fear the Lord, we will respect Him when He speaks. When we read the word, it's no, no longer just reading another word. It's not an opinion. God is not giving us opinions. God is telling us He is the God of the universe. He has made it and He has given us wisdom for the way we should live. So the fear of the Lord is a respect for God, a respect for God's ways, a respect for God's words. And when we respect Him and we realize that in the words of God is wisdom, we want to follow the words. We will say, I will not think about my own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4. I will not be wise in my own eyes. I will not think I'm wiser than God. And that is why the fear of the Lord will make me shun evil. In fact, Proverbs says in verse 8, verse 13, to fear the Lord is to shun evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. And when people fear the Lord, they walk in uprightness. So why do I want to have the fear of the Lord? Because it will give me wisdom. It will make me realize that God's ways are the right ways. And God's ways will keep me from sin and help me to hate evil. So the fourth reason why we need to fear the Lord is actually something that Jesus mentioned and is found in Luke chapter 12. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is talking about persecution. And we all are fearful of persecution. I am fearful of persecution. But this is what Jesus says. Luke chapter 12, verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing of the body has power to throw you into hell. Wow! This is when the fear of the Lord takes on a totally awesomeness about it. You know something? I'm very fearful of persecution. I'm fearful of, actually I'm fearful even of um, rats, okay? Uh, but I'm really fearful of persecution. I'm fearful of what evil men can do to us. But this verse in Luke chapter 11 has really helped me to look at the fear of men and what they can do to our bodies in perspective. Jesus says, do not fear those who can kill or harm the body. Rather fear him who has the power to cast both soul and body into hell. This has given me a wholesome perspective 
not to fear the harm that evil men can do to us. Now, I know it is quite profound, but it really helped me to overcome the fear of persecution. There's another, the fifth dimension of the fear of the Lord is this. The fear of the Lord makes me realize four things, right? The first is that the fear of the Lord has made me realize He is the God that is going to, that is powerful. He is to be revered. He is the God that can shake the heaven and the earth and everything can be shaken. Only God cannot be shaken. So that is why the first fear of the Lord makes me realize He is no ordinary God. The second thing about the fear of the Lord that makes me realize is that because He's no ordinary God, when I worship Him, I'm worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord of heaven and of earth and underneath the earth. Therefore, the fear of the Lord makes me realize God is the final judge. He's the final judge, which means that I have to give an account of my life to Him just like everybody, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, they will have to give an account of their lives to God. So what does this do for me? How does it affect my life? So turn to, with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. I know that today is a lot of scriptures. I'm so sorry, but let's just look at it. All right, that's the last passage of scripture. Romans 14. Let's look at verse 10 and verse 12. Paul is writing, he says, Why then do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Each of us will have to give an account of himself to God. So, the fear of the Lord makes me realize God is the final judge of my life. Therefore, as Philippians 2 says, I will want to live out my life with fear and trembling. I don't want to be careless. I don't want to treat people any way I like because it says here, if you look down on your brothers, remember, you have to give an account of your life to God. Whether you're Christian or not a Christian, one day, all of us have to come before God, who is the judge of all the earth. So tonight, in closing, what is it that the fear of the Lord does to me? The fear of the Lord has made me realize that He is the Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, when I draw near to Him, whether in prayer or in worship, I want to really treat Him as the Father in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, as the God omnipotent. So I want to come to Him with fear and reverence, with reverence and awe. The second thing is this, because the Lord God Almighty is powerful and mighty, and at His name, even the angels bow down, the demons flee. So when I come to Him in worship, I want to worship Him with awe, respect and honour. So the fear of the Lord makes me want to come to God with respect, with reverence, with fear to worship Him, to pray to Him. And thirdly, the fear of the Lord keeps me from sin. Why? Because He's going to be the judge of all the earth. He's going to, I will have to give an account of my life to Him. 
And the good news is this, the fear of the Lord keeps me from the fear of persecution, what harm people can do to my body. Because I know on the final day, God determines whether I go to heaven to be with Him or I'm cast out into outer darkness. So I will not fear what men can do to my bodies, but I must fear Him who has the power to cast both soul and body into hell. Now I know these are very tough words and hard words to, to, cons- to, to take in for tonight. But can I end with Psalm 130? Psalm 130 is, really gives us a comforting understanding of the fear of the Lord. So Psalm 130, sorry, give me some time. So yeah, here we are, Psalm 130. Psalm 130 says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Verse 3, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Now look at this psalm. Here, I've just shared with you, the fear of the Lord keeps me from sin because I recognize that one day I have to give an account of my life to Him. The fear of the Lord is also keeps me from being afraid of what men can do to you because I know that it's only God that can determine whether our bodies go to heaven or hell. But the fear of the Lord also makes me realize that our God is to be greatly loved because actually God can keep an account of our sins. But with our God is forgiveness. That is why He is to be greatly feared, like highly respected, highly honored and loved. So the fear of the Lord makes me love Him with reverence and awe. It's like loving a father that is wonderfully loving, wonderfully good, merciful and yet strict. That is what it really means. So the fear of the Lord is not just retribution, it's not just awe, it's love. With the Lord is forgiveness. Therefore, He is to be greatly feared. That's why Psalm 130 puts everything into perspective. The fear of the Lord makes us love Him more, respect Him more, because in spite of the fact that He knows everything about us, in spite of the fact that if we're to stand before Him as every right to judge us, yet He forgives us because of Jesus Christ. So the fear of the Lord makes me love Him with love, respect and awe. So let's close in prayer, shall we? Father Lord, when we call you Heavenly Father, you are the God of the heavens above and of the earth beneath. Therefore, you are to be greatly honoured and greatly respected. Lord, we stand in awe of you that you do not judge us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our sins. But as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is your love towards us. And as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our transgressions from us. Therefore, O Lord, we love you and we stand in awe of you. You are to be greatly feared and respected. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We give you honour. We give you praise. Help us to worship you with reverence and awe. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do spend some time tonight to reflect on this. I know it's a little bit heavier than normal, but just think about it, okay? Have a good night's sleep. Good night.